Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and on this episode I'm chatting with VFX supervisor of Folks VFX, Philip Tabot, to chat about his recent work on the Disney Plus series The Mysterious Benedict Society along with a number of his other projects. Based on the best-selling book series of the same name, The Mysterious Benedict Society follows a group of gifted orphans who are recruited by an eccentric benefactor to go on a secret mission. With the fandom surrounding this book series already strong, Philip and his team at Folks Effects worked hard to bring this amazing world to life with the utmost respect to the fans and the source material. The VFX work on this particular series is seamless and invisible, though a lot of complex CG work went into building the world. For example, there's one unconventional and imaginative town built entirely digitally and Philip and his CG team researched and developed new tools to help create the vast environment of immeasurable detail and complexity. CG backgrounds, CG animals and other digital enhancements of the locations are also used to help bring the world to life. Philip is a founding partner and senior VFX supervisor of Folks VFX. With over 15 years experience in the industry, he has a burning passion for his work and infuses it into everything he undertakes. Philip has an impressive film and television list of credits that include the beloved Shadowhunters, Motherland Fort Salem, Twelve Monkeys, and the Mission Impossible film series. He also worked on Amanda Tapping's TV show Sanctuary, which we discuss in the interview as well, as it was way ahead of its time when it came to VFX work. If you'd like to hear more behind-the-scenes interviews, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast by searching for Geek Town Radio. This also gives you our weekly Geek Town Radio podcast, which brings you all the latest TV film and gaming news. You can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories and all the latest UK and US TV premiere dates. The Mysterious Benedict Society is out now on Disney+. Plus. However, this interview was conducted before the series was released, so it is completely spoiler-free. Here's the interview with VFX supervisor of Folks VFX, Philip Tabot. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
thank you for spending a little bit of time to chat with me about your work. Before we get into talking about specifics about the shows, do you just want to give me a little bit of background about how you got into the industry in the first place? Yes, for sure. I mean, uh, my my background is a bit different than most. I started in the early 2000s working in VFX. And uh, before that, uh, I was a professional athlete and uh, <laughs> my hair was not going so right. well. And uh, my my best friend happened to be uh, owning a VFX place in uh, Vancouver, BC. And he uh, asked me if I wanted to try something else. And I did. And it went really, really well. Uh, two and a half years later, I got nominated for an Emmy. And uh, I discovered a new thing, a new passion. I've always been good with photos and art, you know, but never made it or use it as a career, you know. For me, it was a perfect uh, medium to uh, express myself. And I guess the background I have from other things made me a pretty good leader in that industry. And, uh, you know, I graduated from a comp artist, comp supervisor, then VFX supervisor. And uh, here I am uh, doing a cool show. And the person who introduced me to this work, uh, Sebastien Bergeron, who's the co-founder of Folks With Me, you know. So we both moved back to Montreal ah. uh, with the purpose of opening our own company. And uh, here we are, eight studios all <laughs> over the world. Now we're partnered with Fuse, we're partnered with Rising Sun Pictures, and uh, things are going well. It's It's been a fun ride. It's been a long ride already. I can't believe it, you know, and uh, things are going well for folks, Fuse, and uh, it's such a fun job, I have to say, you know. Every day is like uh, a new challenge, and uh, we have so many incredible artists, and it's just a fun things to do, you know. I feel lucky to talk about demons yeah. and dragons and blood on the wall. <laughs> I don't take myself too seriously. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you've worked on some great shows as well. Cause you, I mean, you did Shadow Hunters and 12 Monkeys, uh, Sanctuary, you worked on as well. And Jupiter's Legacy, mm-hmm. I noticed you did a little bit on, and Siren and V Wars as well recently. Yeah. So the Mysterious Benedict Society is the thing that's being released on Disney Plus. It's an interesting show that in the the other shows that we've just mentioned, a lot of them, things like Shadowhunters, have really obvious visual effects and stuff flying around and all that sort of thing. With this, it's kind of different because there isn't that many obvious things to it. It's not a big magical superhero series. Fort Salem, no. which is another thing you're on, was that sort of big magic thing. Yeah. What did your sort of work involve on that series? We all did our job right. Nobody's going to mention the VFX and Mr. Benedict, you know? <laughs> it's incredible, yeah. the, the, the spectrum. We have avatars. We re, we uh, recreated one of the actresses. Uh, Amy Diaviara is one of the main cast who plays Kate. And we, we have a version of her that's fully digital. The, the whole city is fully digital. We even have like underwater world that are fully digital, you know, but hopefully if we played it well and we uh, made it the way we wanted it to be, nobody's going to mention it because it's not a show that you want the VFX to be uh, the main thing talked about. You know, it's all about the story, the character and these great books that we are trying to stay true to. Uh. Yeah, it's difficult to talk about this because obviously it hasn't come out yet. And I've only seen bits and the trailer and that sort of stuff so I know one of the things that you built was that didn't you build an entire town completely digitally in that Stone Town you know the show was uh, shot in Vancouver and in Vancouver you know there's some older part you know uh, like Gastown and and but there's not that much like of an old architecture you know and Stone Town obviously is a town that doesn't exist it's straight from the imagination and one of the challenge of that show is that there's no real timeline you know it's not like 
like a modern time. It's not like an older time. It's a city that had to live in its own world, basically, you know, and, you know, we got a little bit of modern stuff, a little bit of older stuff. So there was no real city that we could copy or mimic that would actually make that town. So we we were, let's call it, forced to create that city from scratch. And we actually, yes, did the, like the city, the island, the institute, all of that is uh, created from uh, straight from our imagination. And some of it is based, you know, we try to mix it with some location that we had in uh, Vancouver, you know, but uh, hopefully everything marries uh, seamlessly, you know, like I said, I, I don't want the VFX to be the main talk when people talk about that show. I'd like it to be just completely out of the conversation. You know what I mean? Uh, a bit like it was in uh, Forrest Gump, you know, you don't talk about VFX when you talk about Forrest Gump, you know, you talk about the story yeah. and how beautiful that is. And I think the, the show creator and the showrunner did such a good job with the script at being like very true to the story because, you know, this, these books have a huge fan base. So we have to be respectful of that. And in the same sense, we try to be respectful of what was done in the script, what was done in, in the sets and the sets are beautiful. And our job was just to be there and uh, make sure we're part of that story. And uh, people just see the VFX as being invisible on this show. <laughs> yeah. Which is what you want. I mean, you mentioned the books there, obviously very, very beloved books. It's got to be quite difficult when it comes to doing a TV show because people will have had an imagination of what this location should particularly look like so how do you go about approaching something like that and are you building this from some real world references and then sort of maybe slightly wilder stuff in there just as you say it's a sort of mishmash of things production designer on that show michael wally is an absolute reference and 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 that department he's really really good at what he does and i i really enjoy working with him he's very creative very imaginative and all the sets he has built for the show are beautiful you know, and uh, the locations that we choose are also very, very good. You know, like I said, we just try to be doing VFX that just live in harmony with what was built there or the sets that were there. And if we change anything about the location, it was just to to uh, harmonize it to what we were trying to uh, for the story. You know, like we would never, never, ever try to uh, steal the show or make it. Uh, but it's, it's it's still. I feel like we've done a good job in a way that it piques your imagination, but it feels like it sits there with the rest of the show very well, you know? But, um, mm. you know, there was not that many alteration of what we came up with, you know, like, and the, the city was built, you know, like obviously we had version that we showed James Boatman and and then the showrunners, Todd and Darren and Phil and, and Matt. And, and, you know, like it was like a sort of a mix of old stuff, you know, new stuff, modern buildings, because it was important for them that the city has its own feel, you know? We have a bit of Bristol in there. We have a bit of Paris in there. We have a bit of Boston in there. You know, we stole things from different beautiful city in the world that have different style, different colors. And this one is a seaside city. You know, it's almost like a, an island at this rampart, this place for walking. There's like, uh, I mean, yeah, there's, there, there was a lot of work, so much work that was involved in creating that city that we were forced to R and D and invent a way to build that city. Because if we were to do it the more traditional way, we would have run out of time and uh, budget. So we, we created the, a software in folks, you know, based on the, the software we use and, 
It was like we could choose a style, choose the window, choose some chimney, and then populate the whole area. We made it like in two, 31 different districts. And each district has a little bit of his uh, personality. And then the surrounding mm. of the city is the one that's more inspired by the, the known city of Paris, the known city of Bristol and uh, Boston, you know, because we wanted to have like uh, some variety in there, you know. So um, the whole thing came out together nicely, I feel. And uh, you'll see in the, in, in the shot that we have at the opening that like we start with the CG city and then we transition into a street from Vancouver, you know and feels pretty seamless. And yeah. then again, in the city itself of Vancouver, Michael Wally and his uh, team did a good job of changing things to make it more Stone Town. And then on top of their work, we changed some signs. We did what we could do digitally to make it look a little bit more like Stone Town as well. Good times. <laughs> yeah, developing the whole new tool almost sounds like you're building something that you'd almost use in a sort of city builder video game where you could like select elements of sort of exactly. what you need to look exactly. like and then just sort of like yeah, build no. up. That's crazy. But you don't want it to look like a video game. You do, you do want it to look like no. uh, it's real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Outside of just the crazy amount of detail you're putting into the town itself, I know there were other sort of CG things you were doing. You did some animals as well for this. Yeah, there's a falcon involved in that story. You know, that's quite important. I'm not going to say what the falcon does or anything about it, but like, yeah, there's there's a, there was a life on use for like some close up and some. Uh, you know, but you know, with animals, it always seem a good idea to film them, but they don't always collaborate. I have to say that Falcon, yeah. that live Falcon was really, really good on set. And uh, they did some amazing shots with uh, the Falcons, but there was a few times that we had to recreate that Falcon to help the story, to make it fly in a certain way on certain shots. And sometimes we just needed the Falcon and we had it in there, you know, hopefully you won't notice when it's the digital one and, <laughs> and it's the real live one. Other than that, uh, digitally, what we had to do that was quite fun was, uh, like I said, we did uh, Kate, uh, one of the main characters, you know, she used to be, uh, I don't know if that's going to be saying too much, but she used to be to perform before uh, <laughs> and uh, right. the performance were quite uh, spectacular. Uh, I want to give too much details, but uh, instead of having that done by a stunt person, uh, we did it digitally and we switched a rule with the real person that worked out pretty well as well you know because of covid there was also a time where we needed like a big audience and obviously there's no big audience possible right now so we did like a digital audience mix with some footage that looked pretty good as well yeah what else did we do that was super cool there's an underwater part that i'm not gonna give you any details about but uh you know uh, that was quite a quite a, a fun environment to build, you know. And uh, what happened there is also pretty cool. That's why for us as as a VFX house and for me as a VFX supervisor, it was an incredibly fun show because although it was not supposed to be a VFX show, uh, it was all kinds of VFX involved, and uh, it got our imagination and our creativity going, uh, flowing, our creative juice flowing quite a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, there is a another character which uh, having seen the trailer for it Tony Hale's character who plays the titular Mr. Bennett on it they mentioned he has a brother who is obviously also played by Tony Hale in the thing yeah. from what I can see 
presumably there may be a point where either these two characters meet or are on screen at the same time. I don't know that because obviously I haven't seen the show. Talking around it without getting anybody into trouble, you've probably done situations where you have character duplications on screen before. How is that dealing with that? Is that quite an easy process at this point because that's an issue that's been around for a while or is that still quite complicated to deal with? There's parts that we did that, that, that was very simple because you can simply shoot place and the show being a very static show, you know, the camera's not moving much. It's a wide lens. So there was a lot of scenes that we shot that it was easy to do, to use both character, you know, because you could shoot with plate with one, shoot the other plate with one and just do what we call a, a standard split screen. The fun <laughs> begins when they interact with each other. That's where you need to be creative yes. and find ways to shoot it. So it does help you. We even experimented with deep fake, you know, like that popular uh, AI side you know really and uh yeah. it, it worked out quite remarkably for some shot another shot well we had to do the full uh remove of the head and put the other head back on without <laughs> giving you too much details it worked out really well because we shot some good elements and we did it the more traditional way we were not able to you know it's not the kind of show where we do like a full digital face avatar and you can have a close-up to it we would not have time mm -hmm. to create that model to that accuracy and that's not what the show is about either you know there was we went around that and, yeah. and find ways to shoot it and use what we shot kind of mix it some of the shots were more trickier than others but i think overall in the end uh, we're very happy with the result and so is the the, the, the showrunner we're very happy with what we did and uh I don't think you've been noticing that uh, it's the same actor. <laughs> yeah, I'm really intrigued to see it because I, I love Tony Hale. And the fact that there may be two of him in this show, I think he's going to be wonderful to see. He's an I incredible he's actor, so professional, very nice to be around, you know. Obviously with COVID, uh, that's probably the show on set where you have interacted the least with actor because we, we were trying to get out of the way. And especially mm -hmm. at the beginning with COVID, you have the visor, you have the mask, you have the zone it was very challenging production did great to manage that but like there was no interaction between the vfx guys and the actors sometimes on the show you get closer to the cast but this one uh, not because they're not nice they all seem super nice but uh we left them in their own bubble you know the last thing you want is one of them to get covid and then production stop and yeah uh, it was already very complex to to run a show like that i don't want to be the one who does that you know like uh they did production did an awesome job you know getting all the shots and getting a making the days and because of COVID it was shorter hours and because they're kids it's shorter hours which also increases the challenges of getting your days and all the shots you know so we did the French hours which is quite enjoyable when you work on set I have to say shorter <laughs> days you know but yeah. uh, everybody on that show involves that show is really good and really fun very much yeah. fun to work with the, the DP Francois Dagenet did an incredible job you know and everybody is a bit inspired also by the, the Wes Anderson style colors and camera moves. You know, there was always like the that symmetry that we're, we're looking for, you know, and I think it's been well achieved. And uh, I think people are going to enjoy watching that series very much, you know, as much as the people who read the book and the newcomers, you know, that we're going to attract, hopefully. And um, but you're right. I, I can't wait to see uh, the people that really know the stories and, and add these books in their head for years, you know, so that their word, mm -hmm. you know, 
now it's fully imagined. Now we have put some image on that and hopefully it stayed true to the story and what they had in their mind. You know, it's always a challenge. Yeah, I really hope they like it because uh, from the little bits I've seen, it, it looks wonderful. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. One of your older shows that we did briefly mentioned earlier that you also worked on, but I wanted to just touch on it a little bit, Sanctuary, <laughs> which I loved as I thought that was a wonderful show, which I mean, actually got you an Emmy nomination, I think, yes, that, for actually, some yeah, of the work on yeah. that. Yeah. One of the things that I found from your point of view particularly interesting about that is it was shot almost entirely on green screen from what I remember. Yes, it was. Um, it was, there was very, very little set. So how was the experience of working on a show like that back then? Because I mean, technology like this moves on so dramatically, yeah. so quickly. And, and yeah. so dealing with a show like that back then, how was, how was that? You became, uh, as a compositor, I became really good at keying and I became really good at, <laughs> at, at reusing the same background to do 40 shots, you know? like repurposing one thing and <laughs> corner paint it, you know, obviously we didn't have the budgets to do full CG environment for all the scenes, you know, like there was things that was matte painting. There was thing that was 2d matte painting, but my partner and crime Sebastian uh, did a wonderful job uh, creating like a pipeline for that show, you know, because the color correct was it also inside. It was like that one of the first show to be fully digital, even like for like copies and he could tell you more about about this but it was uh yeah you're right it was ahead of its time for sure you know and uh it's funny because i, I yeah. work uh, this year with amanda tapping again uh, on uh, motherland you oh, know? right yeah yeah, yeah yeah of course i've forgotten about that yeah she's the producing director this year on motherland she's a fantastic person and yeah as an artist it was it was fun because you had to kind of be all right i got this i got this and i got this much time uh <laughs> <laughs> let me find a way to uh to get this done as fast as as I can and as best as I can and then move on to the next episode you know and uh, I think we did really good I don't know if it aged that well I'd like to watch it again I haven't seen any of this in so long yeah, you know I haven't seen it recently I, I would be interested to see that I mean it's one of those things that you're now at a situation where you have shows like The Mandalorian and the fourth season of Star Trek as well yeah. actually of Star Trek Discovery are both yeah. using a volume you know yeah. which is uh, the virtual for those those listening that don't know it that that's the sort of virtual digital space that has kind of replaced the green screen to a certain extent. Something like that for something like Sanctuary would have, I mean, essentially Sanctuary is almost a kind of very basic precursor to what they've ended up doing with the Mandalorian or what you wished you could have done back then, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, the big difference, you know, that and maybe the misconception about the, the virtual projection, I, I, I really like it. Like you said, it's replacing the green screen with a live image. You know, which is fantastic, you know, because you get the proper light, you get the proper interaction, proper reflection, you know, on the Mandalorian hat and head. I'm sure, I'm sure that, you know, if mm -hmm. they had just green screen, the whole thing is so reflective. It would have been like a, yeah. a lot of work just to erase what you don't want to see. And I'm sure they still have some work to do, but the light itself is great, you know, but the prep for these to be achieved is huge, is enormous, you know, like to be able to, to get on the shoot day and have what you need in the background, there's a lot of prep time involved, which is most of the time, not the mm -hmm. reality on a lot of the shows we work on, you know, uh, you get the script a couple of weeks before, you know, and then the script changes as you shoot. If you want to be using other things on green screen and do the virtual protection, it's totally possible, but the prep time needs to be 
thought differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, yeah, the it, approach it needs sort of to be different. Flips it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Flips it because you've obviously, you've got to have those environments built prior to you shooting. Exactly. Because the background moves with the camera. So they need to be able to build those 3D environments in a way Absolutely. Uh, that they're there beforehand. So you hear about our real engine, but real engine is not magic. You know, you still need to create these worlds. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's not like a button. Like I want some rocks there. And I, obviously when it's created, <laughs> it's super flexible and you can move around and it's extraordinary, but it still has to be, all right, this is what we want. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to use. And what do you think about that? And, you know, and then you can change the sun throughout yeah. and it's working, but it's not like on the day of, all right, let's have some rocks. You know, it's like, you know, it's a super cool way to work. And it, I think it's coming to be the way to work, you know, on many of the shows that have the budget to do so. I'm very yeah. excited to move towards that technology, but there's still things that we need to learn and improve to be able to do that on any shows, you know, because it's still an expensive technology, yeah. which Mandalorian doesn't have problems. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. As I say, I mean, Mandalorian's got one at the moment. I know because I spoke to the guys that are doing Discovery and, and I know they're, they're using one on Discovery season four. Same, same, same things, you know, the, the uh, budget is there for these guys, you know? Yeah. I know they've built some in Europe and I think we're getting the volume system set up in the UK in a few studios. So I think it is going to be one of those things. Because the other thing, of course, is with COVID, that sort of virtual environment is probably much more controllable right. than having to take somebody out into the middle of a wilderness to shoot something Absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely. So, you know, the less you have to move the crew, the better, you know, uh, with the COVID world and everything we're facing. So that's one thing the virtual production can totally provide, you know, to bring you to another world quite yeah. easily without risking anything. So that's good for productions. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where that tech goes because I think it is something that's going to make huge changes to the industry. Absolutely. Before we head off, is there anything else you want to mention? I can honestly say that everybody has done the work in all due respect to the books and then and, and, and the fan base that already exists. You know, I feel like it was always a very important part of the conversation when we were creating. And I'm sure in the writer's rooms with uh, Todd, Darren, Phil and Matt, uh, it was the same. You know, they, I think they've done a wonderful job as staying true to the books, respecting the story and the fans, you know, as well as maybe there's going to be a few surprises, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> overall, it was a fantastic experience. I'm, I'm hoping for a more season and more more years to come working on that show because uh, it's a fantastic world. And the showrunners, Todd and Darren, are, are incredible people to work for, you know, like they're super creative, super open-minded. And same thing for Phil and Matt. And uh, the whole the whole team there is, uh, for me, it's the dream team. And post-supervisor is a very good friend of mine, Mark Khan. He's an extraordinary person as well. You know, like it was for for me, it was it, like the the the, the, the the Shadow Hunter family back together almost, you know, we've done 42 episodes together. <laughs> so it was a lot of, uh, wow. <laughs> of hours. And then uh, when we uh, reunited for that show, I was, uh, it was the best for me. It's the, the, yeah. the dream team back together, <laughs> basically. You know, what's weird. I was looking through the shows that you worked on when I was prepping for the interview. I interviewed Catherine McNamara literally last week about a film she's got coming up. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. I love Cat. So, Cat Kitty Cat. Yeah, yeah. She's lovely. Yeah. She's lovely. Yeah. She was an incredible um, person to be around on set, you know, so much energy, so much talent. All the cast on Shadow Hunter was like so much fun to be around. And when you get to do 42 episodes with a like cast like this and hours and hours and like the days were so long sometimes and at night and 
yeah, we get to know each other pretty well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Kat is very, very, very cool person. She's got a film out at the moment, which is actually written by Luke Baines. No way. Also from Chad Anders. No. So, uh, okay, I didn't know that. Got, That's so cool. It's really funny, actually. Uh, if you go to untitledhorror.com, it's called Untitled Horror Movie. Okay. Um, go to untitledhorror.com and there'll be a trailer up there for it and stuff. But it's got Luke Baines and Catherine McNamara from Shadowhunters Claire Holt from Vampire Diaries Emmy the Raven Lampman from Umbrella Academy Darren Barnett and Tim Graderos I think his name is from um, 13 Reasons Why in there oh. but uh, Luke actually wrote it with Luke Nick Bain Simon. wrote it that's awesome it's a kind of comedy horror it was all shot during the pandemic in their own homes with them doing all their own lighting their own filming their own makeup everything I love it and yeah. it's it's done on a series of kind of Zoom calls and the idea is that these actors accidentally summon a demon while they're writing and prepping this horror movie and there's bits of them shooting themselves on their phones and that sort of thing it's so and cool then, I didn't hear from, uh, Zoom from calls. But, uh, I'm glad you it, talked about it I'm going to reach out to these guys yeah. <laughs> go and reach out to them because it is really funny it's a it's a wonderful little project that they've kind of put together and i think they're sort of self-publishing it i think i think on the website and stuff but it's worth going to look at it is very funny excellent i like it last couple of questions for you first question is what tv shows are you watching at the moment ha i just finished watching billions which i thought was really good i love that show yeah i love that show yeah, can't amazing. wait so they release the last uh, few episodes of the last season mm-hmm. you know i have to watch the movie with lots of vfx too sometimes you know like they're not as good as I, I'd like them to be but uh, <laughs> I just watched uh, Army of the Dead and I thought the VFX were pretty well done actually you know so on Netflix you know there was it was a fun uh, yeah. fun stuff it must be difficult watching some VFX stuff when you're working in the industry as well particularly if they're not done particularly well or maybe if they are done really well and then it sort of gets in your brain of like oh I wonder how they did that oh. <laughs> yeah yeah no, no for sure for sure for sure I enjoy watching uh, the heavy VFX uh, movie although i haven't done any myself uh, <laughs> but uh i've been watching recently all the mission impossible with my son you know and because i've watched i worked on one of them and uh it gone cool. all pretty well actually you know i was pretty happy with that yeah and last question for you if you had the opportunity to work on any tv show can be something historical from the past something present day or some sort of future genre that maybe you haven't had a chance to play around in yet what would it be it has to be a TV show? Go on, I'll let you have a film. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be involved in the next Forrest Gump. <laughs> such thing can exist. Yeah. No, I, I, I really enjoy working with the magic stuff and doing like the crazy visual effect with creatures and stuff. But I truly enjoy working on a show like Mr. Benedict, you know, because the VFX are really part of the story and invisible to uh, most people. And that's for me is a, is a really good challenge, you know? It's like adding a creature mm. there is super fun you know and it's great and it looks fantastic and it's fun to do as well but doing VFX that are invisible for me is uh, is always something I enjoy like historical piece or one series in particular I don't know to be honest uh, 
<laughs> that's a tough one. But I would say Forrest Gump would <laughs> yeah. be the next Forrest Gump would be something I would love to be involved. <laughs> and yeah. I stole that from Sebastian because Sebastian, I've learned a lot from, and uh, who got me my chances there. That's his favorite VFX movie, and I could sort of copy that from him because you're right. It is a fantastic VFX movie, and you know, in a way that nobody mentioned the VFX in Forrest Gump. You know? Yeah. Right. I will let you get back to your day. Thank you for spending some time to chat with me it's been really fun and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk in the future maybe when the season two comes out absolutely <laughs> all right lovely chatting with you hopefully speak again soon i enjoyed it very much cheers bye-bye Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.